the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. In part one of this message, Pastor Rander spoke to our hearts on the things that keep us from making the most of the time God gives us every day. Today in part two, he shares with us how we can make the most of our God-given time. For those of us who have not already begun to do so, it is time critical that we make the most of the time we have to make a Bible-based spiritual impact on a lost world. We have no time to waste. Have Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander speaks to us today. You will misuse your time when there is an inability to delay immediate gratification. You will misuse your time when there is an inability to delay to delay immediate gratification. Many are so addicted and intoxicated with satisfying themselves with entertainment. They satisfy themselves with social media. Um, I was at the, the Texas Roadhouse restaurant, my wife and I, the other day, and I was waiting on her to get there. And I, was, I wanted to talk to somebody. You know, I like to talk. I was trying to find somebody to talk to. And I looked around. It was, it was packed. It had a, had a little thing, a little bleaking thing they put in your hand to let you know it buzzed and all. And it was just waiting there. I said, boy, I got to wait 25 minutes. I might as well, well witness to, some, witness to somebody. You know what? They blocked me from wit- witnessing. Everybody. I saw folks 80 years old on their phone. And they were, on the, they were just looking at it. They didn't go this way or that way. I don't even know if they breathed. Everybody, the young person, the old person, the middle-aged person, nobody's talking to nobody. They're in their own virtual world, and you wonder why there's so much dysfunctionality in the cell phone. When you going to just put it down and go out and say, I'm going to talk to people, and I'm not going to engage myself at this event on the phone. You at the Spurs game, you at the high school game, you at you 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 eating out at wherever, and everybody around the table got their phone. Nobody's talking to nobody. You whoop. 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 You big burp. You get up. And nobody said, how was your day? What were some of the challenges you went through? Nobody said, you know, I want to tell you, I want to take this time to let you know how much I love you. Wouldn't it be nice if you establish a rule that when we sit at the table, there will be no phones? Well, y'all, two or three of y'all clapping because the others, you, I know what the problem is. You're too addicted to clap. Have you been had? If I come to your house and all you going to stay on your phone, then, then that devalues my time with you, so I, I'm no longer wanted, so I just, I'll just excuse myself. 
because you rather have a relationship with your phone than me in your house or at the dinner table at a restaurant. Oh, God, help me. So you have to defer immediate gratification. Many are so addicted and intoxicated with satisfying themselves with entertainment, social media, entertaining themselves with food, fun, personal relationships, that their life has no value and they live in an endless cycle making no progress and they're unable to get out of a rut. Romans 13, 14 says... But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to gratify its desires. Romans 8.13 also says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will live. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of, of the body, you will live. Again, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Beloved, when your flesh is out of control, it will destroy your motivation. When your flesh is out of control, your dreams will be destroyed, your visions will be dashed, uh, even your physical life can be taken because of an out of control flesh. You need to have the Holy Spirit to bring things back into balance in your life. Beloved, it is impossible to defer immediate gratification if your flesh rules your life and not the Holy Spirit ruling in your life. You will hasten your death if you seek to gratify the desires of your fleshly appetites. I'm almost done. Number seven, being a people pleaser will cause you to mismanage your time. Galatians 1.10 says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Since our time is so limited, we can ill afford to allow other people to intrude on our personal schedule. You must learn how to say no if you're going to make progress in your life. Matthew 5.37 says, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Therefore, hear God, be patient and prayerful before adding to your commitments. You can't be all things to all people. Let the Lord and not people set your agenda for each day. There will always be someone telling you what you need to do, but they do not know what is best for you. If you attempt to live up to people's expectations of you, Listen to me closely. If you attempt, listen, listen now. If you attempt, uh, uh, if you attempt to live up to people's expectations of you, you will live according to their plans and not God's plan for your life. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, "For I know the plans I have for you." declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Number eight, you are not using your time wisely if you are habitually late for your appointments, work, meetings, and church. Some of you are habitually late. You cannot be successful you will, you will misuse time if you're habitually late 
for your appointments, work, meetings, and church. Everyone has been late to something at some point due to unforeseen circumstances. I'm not talking about that. However, if you are habitually late and unconcerned about being on time, then this attitude of heart does not please the Lord. Furthermore, habitual tardiness is inconsiderate and rude to others and does not express your love toward them. 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says, love does not behave rudely. Being habitually late also damages your good name. It damages your reputation. Ecclesiastes 7, 1, 8 says, a good reputation is more valuable than costly perfume. You can have the best of perfume on, but if you're always late, it makes your lateness makes your perfume stink. We should be known for being trustworthy. We should be known for being dependable and not being late and slothful because it demonstrates uh, our lack of concern for others. Not being on time causes those who are waiting on you to become frustrated. It it causes those who are waiting on you to become restless, stressful, because they have to wait on your slow self. The habitually late person does not consider the time of others as more important than his own, which is outright selfishness. Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 through 4 says, don't be selfish. Uh, don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others too. If you struggle with being on time, make up your mind to plan ahead, leaving plenty of time for the unexpected. That's a good New Year's commitment. Unless in rare circumstances or something absolutely beyond my control, you you need to be saying as a New Year's commitment, I'm going to purpose in my heart to be on time to the glory of God. What what about that one? Amen? Amen. Number nine, you misuse your time when you compare yourself to others. You young folk need to hear this, older folk too. You misuse your time when you compare yourself to others. Second Corinthians, 12, uh, uh, Second Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 12 says, oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. I like this. How ignorant. You don't you, don't you dare compare yourself with anybody else. Because whoever you compare yourself with, they sinners too. Whoever you compare yourself with, they fallen short of the glory of God too. And the person you think the most of, you don't know how they're living in their private life. You see what I'm saying? So, so focus on God and stop trying to measure yourself to somebody you think well of. You don't know what they are in their private lives. Some comparisons that people make are they compare physical appearances. They delve into all these selfies, these selfies, and they look at one another. Click, click, look, look, click, 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 click. They compare weight 
They compare themselves on social media posts. They compare their attire, clothes, scholastic achievement, career achievement, possessions. Look what I, look at my wealth versus yours. Who makes the most money? Husbands and wives compare themselves, not knowing that it's all in the same pot to the glory of God. Who cares who makes more? You're married. You're one flesh. It blows to the marriage in the Lord. Amen. As we contemplate our use of God's time, we must be honest with ourselves. Are we making use of every opportunity to talk with God, walk with God, share the victory of living for Him with others? Are we standing firmly on His Word when confronted with the evils of this world? Are we walking wisdom and discernment as we witness to others? Are we bold yet loving in our approach to others who challenge our faith? Listen to the Word of God as Pastor Rander continues. Oh, who, who cares about who's most popular? Uh, comparing athletes, spiritual gifts, just to name a few. What makes comparison so destructive is that it stifles your potential for Christ. It makes you feel inferior when you compare yourself with others. You become unfulfilled. You become dissatisfied. When you compare, it brings undue pressure on you. When you compare, it, it brings depression even. Comparison is so detrimental to achieving God's purpose and plan for your life. God created you to be uniquely you. Let me say that again. God created you to be uniquely you and has called you to be like no one else but yourself in the Lord. And if you try to be anyone else that God is not calling you to be, it is a recipe for a failure. Psalms 139, 14 says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Number 10, you are destined to waste time when there is little to no worship in your life. That's a big one, y'all. You are destined to waste time if, if there's little to no worship in your life. A lifestyle of worship glorifies God who will guide you to maximize your life, to maximize your time as well throughout each day. Worship is essential if you're going to make the most of your time. Let me give you one of the greatest passages on worship, and you probably haven't even noticed it, but I want you to look at it in your Bible, and I want you to, to, to look at this passage and start referencing it more. As a matter of fact, I want you to spend time reading it this week. Just go over and over and over it. It's probably a, a passage that you just that haven't arrested your eyes, but it arrested mine, and I've just been looking at this passage. I say, this is a great passage on worship. It's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 23 through 31. 1 Chronicles 16, 23 through 31 is a very worshipful passage. It says, sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, 
But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give to the Lord, O families of the earth. Oh, uh, give to the Lord, O families of, of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. You see worship all over that text, all over that text. If you missed it, spend time in it, please. To worship Christ is to make much of Christ. To worship Christ is to reverence him. To worship Christ is to respect him. To worship Christ is to love him. To worship Christ is to submit to Christ. To worship Christ is to acknowledge Christ as supreme. To acknowledge him as superior and alone God by himself with which nothing or no one else can be compared. Worshiping God is what aligns your life with God's plan. Worshiping God aligns your life with God's purpose, schedule, and agenda for your life. Let me tell you what worship do, what, what worship will do. That's why you need, it's important that you come to church. Not only should you worship at home, but you worship at church. Here's what worship does. Worship ushers in clarity of mind. I've never seen so many people losing their minds. Worship brings divine guidance. Worship ushers in the presence of God. Worship ushers in spiritual excitement. Worship removes the spiritual dross, which is dullness, being spiritually slow, sluggish, lukewarm, where the light of Christ has become a dull glow. Worship also removes, here's what worship does, it removes the sinful residue from your life, such as addictions, strongholds, depression. Worship moves all of that. Start praising God. Worship removes suicidal tendencies for those of you who are thinking about killing yourselves. Suicide is self-murder. To worship Christ is to remember his birth, his life, his suffering, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his imminent return. He's coming back again. Worship is taking the Lord's Supper. You worship Christ with your obedience and presence at the Lord's table on first Sunday nights here at Maranatha. Will you be here tonight? Will you be here tonight because there is an inner longing to come to the Lord's house with the assembly of believers to participate in baptism and the Lord's Supper. Write this down. Please, for, for, for Jesus' name's sake, write it down. What is priority to God should be priority to you. Did you write that? What is priority to God should be priority to you. 
1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26 says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant of in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. Do not expect the Lord to help you make the most of your time while you are being negligent with your attendance in holy communion and being in attendance for witnessing the Lord's supper. Finally, but not the least, some of you say, I thought he'd never get there. And yet you'll watch a four hour football game and then watch another game and then watch a a basketball game after that. Finally, say finally. (laughs) Many believers fail to make the most of their time because they are deceived into thinking they have more time than they actually have. That's why they don't make the most of their time. They're they're deceived into thinking that they have more time than they actually have. Uh, It is crucial that we spend the precious gift of time wisely because we don't have as much as we think we have. James chapter four, verse 14 says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. If you desire to finish well in life, it is important that you keep in mind the brevity of life, which should create a sense of urgency to take action today in pursuing your God given destiny. God has a plan and purpose for your life. And you want to make the most of your time by coming forth, setting up with God, getting a good Bible teaching church, getting saved so that you can make the most of your time. Not next year. The new year has come today. Job chapter seven, verse seven, eight says, oh, remember that my life is a breath. Beloved, it is so important that you make the most of this year because this just may be your last year on earth. What a staggering thought. This year just may be our last year on earth. Just think of the people who did not make it into this year. That'll serve notice on all of us. God is so good to you that he gave you the exact amount of time you need to do everything God desires you to do. For example, the Lord has given you 12 months in a year. He has given you 52 weeks in a year. Our Lord has given you 365 days in a year. Our Lord has given you 8,766 hours in a year. And our Lord has given you 31,536,000 seconds in this year. If you see, if you see years in, what are you going to do? With all this time that he has allotted you. The first order of business should be get right with Jesus now and he will help you make the most of this year. Or you will or you can squander your gift of time. On stuff that have no lasting eternal value. And you stand before God one day. 
and you will not hear him say, servant, well done, thy good and faithful servant. If you squander God's time, you'll not hear him say, well done. And God has brought you here to awaken you spiritually, to challenge you spiritually, spiritually, to get right with God, to get in a good Bible teaching church, to get in a church that will speak to your heart, that will tell you the truth uncompromisingly. Because God expects more than what you are delivering. And all God's children said. And Father, we thank you for this message. Just part one. I just can't wait, Lord willing, if you let me see part two. Oh, God, I pray that many would bring so many more to your house. So that they, too, can hear a word from God. Oh, Lord. The truth be told, we've been too stuck on ourselves, too full of ourselves. It's been all about us and our agenda. What we go where we going to vacation? Where we going to go? What we going to do? What we going to eat? What we going to wear? What we going to see? And we leave the weightier things undone. I pray in the name of Jesus that you wake us up. That those who are here today will make the most of their time by coming to Jesus right this very moment. In Jesus name we pray and all God's children said. You heard the word of God. You must believe that Jesus came, suffered, lived, suffered, died, buried, rose from the grave just for you. You can't get to heaven until you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You must come to him in simple childlike faith and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I made a mess of my life. I've done a lot of things I regret. Who hasn't? I come to you now. I plead the blood of Jesus over my sins, over every word that I spoke, over every hurt that I did. Things to myself, things to others. I've, I've sinned by words, by thoughts, by deeds and actions. I'm coming clean before you, God. Wash me with your blood. Save me now. Do a new thing. Take me to new levels in you. You brought me here to hear this message because you want to do something unique with me this year. If that's your heart's desire and don't believe the many reasons Satan's going to give you to stay in that seat to say next time. Who told you got a next time? You don't have to wake up in the morning. You come bring your family, your children If you don't have family, come by yourself if you need to. But the worst thing you can do is leave like you came. And Satan says, good. And God says, you just, and the Lord says, you just broke my heart. Don't break the heart of God. In the name of Jesus, don't break the heart of God. Come to him now. Give him your life. As Christians, our top priority is glorifying and serving our Heavenly Father. Life is too short and the times in which we live bear unquestionable evidence that we must stand for what is right and good according to the word of God. We must stand up for Jesus who came to save us from our sins. How can we not make the most of God's precious gift of time? 
If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 